now serving butter and bacon. The good stuff. The behaviors of the character mm-hmm. aren't consistent right. with what I would expect the behaviors of those. You know, for as glorious and wonderful as Mickey Mouse is, he's a static character. Yep. So I don't want him behaving in the way that they do in a lot of those shows. Right. And well, and even to that point, I mean, you can go back to some of the old Mickey shorts. Mickey was kind of a jerk in a lot of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, the old the old, old, old ones, yeah. yeah, we're talking 1930s, 1940s, um, yeah. you know, which are on the collections shorts, uh, the Disney Treasures, which are, I believe, out of print um, on DVD, but they are fantastic if you see them in garage sales, church sales, picnics, uh, you know, pick, pick them up, steal them from your friends. eBay um, auctions? eBay the. Uh, eBay. Um, it's a da- that's a dangerous place. But oh, we have guests. Hello, welcome to Butter and Bacon. How you doing? I'm Paulie. Dean's over there on the other side. That's me. We're here to talk about the good stuff at Disney. Some of that is Disney animation. Some of that is not current Disney animation when it comes to television. <laughs> uh, but uh, we would like to talk about some other stuff that is the good stuff. And we're going to get back to your trip. Last episode. We talked uh, about my trip. It was uh, end of June, beginning of July, and because July is my anniversary month, mine with too. Polly, with Polly, <laughs> Polly and I share an anniversary, just not with each other and not the same year. No. Uh, we thought it might be fun to frame my trip with something old, something new, something barred, and something blue. Right. What I want to do this this episode is talk about our experiences at the Disney theme parks and at the somewhat newly renovated. Disney Springs. Yes. So I'm, so, I'm going to start asking you questions. Um, yeah, fire away. Yes. Oh, that's an unfortunate term. Um, the, <laughs> anyway. Yes, what are your questions? My questions. I'm going to go again with our with our trope. Something old. Let's start off with the Magic Kingdom. Yeah, so Magic Kingdom still reigns as my favorite park. And we have a six-year-old, so it still reigns as his favorite yeah. park. And so we do focus a lot of our trip at the Magic Kingdom. So, if we were there, we had 11 park days, I believe. Um, you know, I'm shooting from memory, so it's not, not, numbers might not be exact, but it gives you the feel. Math. We probably we probably went to Animal Kingdom two or three times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we probably went to the studio twice, maybe a short third visit. <laughs> we'll get to that. Uh, we were at Boardwalk, so Epcot was convenient. Makes sense. Um, so we were probably there. Also, was the best nighttime show. Maybe four or five times. Disagree, and then Ooh. Magic Kingdom was really the focus of our trip. Yeah, the Fourth of July fireworks at Magic Kingdom are incredible. Well, yeah. Um, so in our theme here, the Magic Kingdom old was—I'm going to cheat—and it's it was old and new because we rode Space Mountain, mm. and that doesn't sound all that intriguing. And it is old because I've been on it many a times. It was my son's first. That's time. fantastic. How do you like it? it? Was, it, you know, it's one of those proud dad moments, uh, you know, and we've had a few of them over the years, taking my son to Walt Disney World, and he's very, very into Disney, which probably doesn't surprise anyone. I'm shocked. And he's been benchmarking, like, his height. You know, most kids are like, how old am I, or how tall am I? Can you mark it on my chart? He benchmarks it like, am I tall enough for this ride yet? Can I tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm recording at home right now, I'm opening up the closet door to our main hallway where we have all the coats and the you know the vacuum cleaner and all that stuff I have four marks on this door the bottom mark is Soren 
The next mark is Everest. <laughs> the next mark is Rock and Roller Coaster. Now, 48 inches is the tallest height requirement for Walt Disney World. And then I have 54 inches for all rides everywhere. And the same thing. My daughter wanted to know when she could ride Everest. Yeah, I think the um, you know the only thing shorter than 40 that has a height requirement, I know that... Uh, is it Barnstormer is 35 and Mine Train is 37? Tower of Terror has a very low... Um, height requirement too, but there is a height requirement. Yeah, yeah, I think that one might be forty. Although, shh, prior to this trip, I told my son he wasn't tall enough for it. Nah. <laughs> yeah, the, there's you're tall enough for it, and then there's you're ready for it. You're, yep. Yeah, because you're a taller child for your age, yep. you may not be physically ready for it. Yeah, I was a little worried about him on Space Mountain because it does bounce back and forth, and it does rock, and you're sitting by yourself. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure if he was going to get the idea you know you kind of clench your muscles and you're ready so you when it's going to flop you don't flop so hard i was just picturing him being tossed around like a rag doll so um he went on it and his reaction was again <laughs> so we went on it again and luckily the first time we went to the one track the second time went to the other so he got to experience both sides and then the third time didn't happen because when we got out of it it was a 65 minute wait. <laughs> yes so <laughs> Um, yeah, so it was awesome. The sort of something old experience, new again. The actual new I'll give you is uh, Mickey's Royal Friendship Fair. And that apparently had changed by the time we got down there. And Lewis was not part of it, the show that we saw. Yeah, but Lewis is back. Yeah, oh, is he? Yeah, I think today. Interesting. Okay, I didn't know yeah. that. So, um, yeah, so it's... You know, I remember going all the way back to Cinderella Bration, and then that was followed by, like... Mickey's dream come true, and they were all just. Remember how they had like the globes in the uh, parade that they just kept repurposing? Yeah, I feel like they did the exact same thing on the stage show. So, if for nothing else, I'm glad they wiped it clean and started with something fresh. Um, you know, Frozen is still sort of the big payout on this show, yeah. and it doesn't surprise no. me. Frozen's, you know, Disney Twitter is not real people, as you like it's to say. Not. <laughs> and. Um, Frozen is very, very popular and very well received by the mass public. Yeah, and if you if you've heard me say that in the past, it's because Disney Twitter is a subset of fandom that is supremely passionate. That subset right. might recommend, and I'm going to be very general. That subset might represent one percent of the people that go to Disney parks, and might represent a half of a percent of the people that. Um, use Disney products or go to Disney movies or use any type of Disney paraphernalia and might even recommend, re- uh, might represent one-tenth of one percent of those that watch ABC or ESPN. So yeah, the opinion I... of that, I'm going to be generous, 10,000 people on Twitter and Facebook really is not that. It's a, it's a uh, in, in the terms of um, uh, business, it is statistically insignificant. Yeah, and I, your percentages are probably even overstated. Probably when you think about the you know millions of people that pass through every year, and and you know I'm part of that Disney Twitter. I'm I'm a passionate. Oh, I am follower. too. Uh, and I people, fully you know, realize that my opinions do not reflect, for the most part, yeah. the massive amounts of people. <laughs> I I remember I had a coworker at my previous employment, and he had this was probably oh seven oh eight. He had gone back to Walt Disney World with his family. It's the first time they had been there since like I think it was ninety five. So we're talking a 13-year passage of time. Now, I go back every, you know, whatever it is we do, two, three times a year if we're lucky, and, you know, at least once a year. And we say, oh, you know, this ride got tweaked like that, or, you know, the the Peter Pan Q was like something to look forward to when it changed. He was there, yeah, it didn't change much, 
Yeah. So from his his very passive perspective of someone who's not a passionate follower, Disney '95 and Disney '08, pretty much the same thing. Yeah. You know, where we are a little bit more hypersensitive. So yeah, it's it's good to hear that Lewis is back, and you know the the alligator slash crocodile thing was sort of a theme while we were there. Um, you know, jumping over to Epcot real quick. When we drove on the land, the animatronic for the alligator was there, mm-hmm. or crocodile was there. Yeah. And I saw pictures just in the last week or so where it was gone. So they're still not sure what they're doing with representation of alligators and crocodiles. But the show that we saw was, I thought, really good, really well done. And uh, didn't include Lewis, unfortunately. So, um, you know, it made, I won't say it made me blue, but sort of representing the blue the security at Magic Kingdom. And, you know, I know I talked a little bit about security on the last episode, but the bag check security, and this was true at all the parks, I appreciate the effort for safety. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate the hard job that these guys have to do and gals have to do because they got a bunch of people trying to clamor down the doors and they're taking their time on the, you know, they've had bag check for a while now. They're much more thorough with the bag check and they don't care if it's 8.40 and you're trying to slam through to watch the opening show on the rail, railway station... Doesn't matter. Or if it's 3 in the afternoon and you're the only person in line. Doesn't matter. They're just as thorough. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the thing I'll ask you... Yeah. And, you know, because we always had either a stroller or a bag or both, yeah. um, I never walked through the non-bag line. Right. It, it appeared to me that those without bags, they certainly weren't being physically patted down or checked, but they weren't really being asked to go through the metal detectors either. Mm. It was often the folks, after you got through the bag check, it was like, okay, now can you come walk through the metal detector? It seemed to me there'd be a you know a friendly way to have those detectors for the non-bag people as well. Yeah. And again, maybe maybe I just didn't see it. Maybe it is part of it. Um, I, I mean, and, and again, and I can't speak from experience because I always have my camera with me, so I always go through the bag line, um, even yeah. though I'm probably the fastest person to go through the bag line because my camera bag has one zipper on top. And it opens up completely for everything to be uh, in view. So, you know, I just make sure it's off of my person and the, and the zipper is completely open and everybody can just see all the goodies that are going on in there. And that's what she said. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, I think, I again, like I said, anecdotally, there have been people that have gone in that don't have bags that do get called for the screening. I will, again, reiterate, I think they did a very thorough job yep. for what they can do. Mm-hmm. And it was always in a Disney-friendly way. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, this might surprise you. I'm sarcastic. No! And sometimes I think I'm funny. No! So, you know, you're standing in an airport security line, you crack a joke to a TSA agent. Yep. Generally speaking, you don't get a smile no, or a chuckle. you don't. <laughs> you know, you make a fun Disney-friendly joke with these guys. You get a nice little chuckle, you get a friendly thing, but you're not throwing them off their game. Right. They're still checking everything, and, and I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I know people are annoyed by it, but uh, it is private property, and you have the right to not go in. That's right. So, you know, again, I'm representing the blue, sort of the, the police blue, if you will. Again, I'm not sure. You might, you might not let me get away with this one. But they borrowed something we did for the first time, and I think the concept is borrowed from Epcot, was we played Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. <laughs> That's definitely borrowed from Epcot. <laughs> And they borrowed Source of the Magic Kingdom to make another derivative, which is the Pirates Adventure yes. over in, uh, in Adventureland. Yeah, all, so. all of which I'm going to put under the large heading of things to keep locals happy. Yeah, you mocked me, or maybe you just commented it wasn't a mocking. But, uh, no, on I, the yeah, third it wasn't fourth, mocking. On the 3rd and 4th of July, as I was sort of tweeting out what we were doing or texting with Paulie, he said, you're touring like a local. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Which is, um, again, you know, it's I, not a bad thing because you've been no. there. You don't need to. You don't need to in in your headline. Ride Space Mountain, ride Splash Mountain, ride Big Thunder Mountain, ride Pirates, ride the Mansion, ride Teacups, ride It's a Small World. You don't have to do all of those things because you know you've been there before and you likely will go again. So you right. can take the time to do Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. You can take the time to do the Pirates Adventure. You can take the time to do, um, what was it, uh, Perry's uh, Undersea Aquatica Adventure <laughs> thingy over at Epcot. Um, you know, because those are things that you do when you've already done everything. Yeah, we rode the TTA and, you know, we got on the teacups and we did a lot of character meetings. such a local. We, you know... From Connecticut. But (laughs) I got 24 days out of my annual pass. Yeah! It's not not quite local status, but I was pretty proud of it. uh, That's an average of two a month. Math! Yeah, we we exercised that one pretty good. Mm. Uh, You know, but the thing is, with FastPass Plus, you have to decide what your game plan is. Yes. There were days where our FastPass Plus game plan was to line them up for 9, 10, and 11, mm-hmm. so that at the end of the 9 o'clock hour and at the beginning of the 10 o'clock hour, we could do uh, two sort back of headliners back-to-back, yeah. and then get that 11 o'clock one you know, closer to 12. Mm-hmm. But then once you knock all three of those out, you add in the fourth FastPass if there anything is left and available. Right. Other days, are in more like on the holiday days, our game plan was, let's do what we can in the park early and decide where we're going to be either early afternoon or after break time in the evening and book our fast passes for then. Because when you go into a very crowded theme park on the 3rd of July and, you know, the wait, there's, I'll put it this way, there was a wait on the TTA on the 3rd of July. Um, That lets you know that the park is pretty full. So you're pretty excited when you have a fast pass lined up for Peter Pan's flight and Splash Mountain and, you know, Pirates. So I think we actually we had Haunted Mansion that day. But point being, you know, there's different strategies for how to use that Fast Pass Plus. So that's why we did things like Sorcerers because it doesn't really queue up, so to speak. They have enough different adventures that you don't really, even if you bog down with someone at the same window, you might be on a different adventure yeah. or a different. So it was cool, and my son liked the cards, and he liked the concept of the game, and he had played Perry before. So this was a natural extension to offer it to him and have him have a good time with it. And it's a souvenir to bring home, right? Yeah, and that and that is that is definitely something. You know, the, the souvenir card that you get when you play Sorcerers of Magic Kingdom is something that not everybody comes home with. So, yeah, so. You know, it's kind of neat. And I believe there are people, again, this is more catering towards the locals, that will go back and back and back and back and back trying to get the various and different and sundry cards. I know that during, I think, at least in the past, during some of the um, hard ticket events that they will have, Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party, that they will have a uh, you know a collectible card you can only get either during that party or you know during the course of the party that year. Um, so that's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, and again, it's something that is repeatable. We did two. We did Main Street, and we did a... Um, Liberty Square mm. episode, uh, run. So nothing yeah, says sorcery like Liberty Square. Yeah, well, maybe they'll add some Muppets there. <laughs> so the um, you know it, it's repeatable, and I guess there's different difficulty levels. So the way it works, sort of on the early stages, you can pretty much hold up any of your cards, and as long as you have one, <laughs> you've got progress. I think it, the gameplay becomes more of a feature as you try harder levels. I may be completely wrong about that, but that's my understanding. So, you know, I could recap a lot in the Magic Kingdom, but I think, you know, that's sort of the highlights, if you will. Yeah. Magic Kingdom is always fantastic for us. We don't tire of it. Right. We 
We tend to not try to take on the entire park on any given visit. So any given day of a visit. So, you know, if we were there on a Tuesday, we might have focused on, say, Tomorrowland and parts of Fantasyland. Then we might go back another time and focus on the rest of Fantasyland and Liberty Square into Adventureland. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So uh, it was a good time. Um, I did the shooting gallery. Ah, Frontierland. Nice. I'll, I'll say the first time in forever. Mm. Um, <laughs> my wife is an absolute shark. I was intimidated. Really? <laughs> Oh, yeah. She was really good at that. <laughs> I was kind of scared. I'll admit it. Um, so, yeah. That well, was you know, it's, it's one of those things that when you when you learn about your spouse after years and years of marriage, that um, at any time, she could just, you know, take you out. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, my wife's a physical therapist, so she doesn't even need weapons. She'll just come up and, like, touch, <laughs> she'll touch some trigger point and won't be able to move. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that was that was pretty cool though. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we had a lot cool. of fun. Oh, good. Uh, again, it's 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 another one of those things where people often say, "How do you go back so often?" Yeah. No two trips for us are the same, right. and, and no two days at any given theme park are the same. Right. So now that that sound, and depending on weather, depending on crowds, depending on what rides are open, depends on your mood. Uh, you know, depending on how much time you have, depending on what you're going to eat. I mean, there's there's so many ver- things that can offer a variety of experiences, which is really neat. So we did the something old. Let's talk about something new. We're going to go to the newest theme park, Animal Kingdom. Tell me, tell me about your memories there. Yeah, so Animal Kingdom is one of the parks under development. So you know there is no more heading down to Camp Mini Mickey, and we got to experience the Jungle King show. The Jungle King. I mean, wow, we got to experience <laughs> the Lion. I, I'm getting two shows that I have very differing opinions on mixed up. We have the Lion King show in its new location. Mm. Um, and so, uh, I don't know. I mean, what to say? The, the tumble monkeys are everybody's highlight. I, I had a great time going to see that show. Yeah, it's a, um, that, it, love the new. It, 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 I always flip flop because it, it really is. You know, the, whichever show I saw last. Um, but I always flip flop between that and Finding Nemo the musical as my exactly, favorite. Yeah. Prior to this trip, I would have been adamant in the Nemo camp that that is the best uh, stage show on property. Yeah. No. After this trip, it's Lion King. Yeah. Right, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I haven't seen you know, it in the new theater um, over in Harambe from when they moved it. But, uh, I don't think the experience is all that different. Um, the theater is pretty cool, just like the old theater was pretty cool. It's yep. kind of basic. It's new, it's but more, it's old. It's <laughs> yeah, it's more, it's more what they do in the theater. That's really the attraction. Sure. The theater itself, I don't think, really plays a part. Yeah. Did you do any characters at Animal Kingdom? Uh, we did. You know, again, it's. I think you'll find it a prevailing theme. My, my son just is in that age where he likes... It's so funny. He likes the autograph book, and he likes to get the autograph, but he's not quite sure how to interact with the characters. Ugh. So it's always fun when they interact with him. And uh, we were actually passing by. We saw Doug and Russell coming out for their character meet and greet, who we have met in the past. Oh, sweet. Hey, Adventure is out there. Yes, Adventure is out there, much like our sponsor, Adventure is out there travel. Oh, what a, what a, what a plug. <laughs> so subtle, but uh, Adventure is out there, we do. contact them? Uh, you know, in full disclosure, I am part owner of Adventures Out There Travel. We'd love your contact. You could always email us. You could email Dean at Adventures Out There Travel or Becca at B E K K A at Adventures Out There Travel. You can find us on Twitter or uh, find me on Twitter, and I will certainly point you in the right direction. But Adventures Out There did help us travel, uh, book this travel, and uh, you know they are our partners in adventure travel. So I think Doug and Russell would have been a good one to get a photo with. <laughs> 
Guess we have to fly back down next week and get that photo to put up on the travel website. That um, that's interesting. But yeah, Doug, I like meeting Doug and Russell. Doug, uh, you know, being a dog is fun to lean over and try to lick my son's head. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> and we saw him doing it to someone else during their meeting. Right. So uh, it, it's it's fun to interact with the characters. Yeah. Uh, you know, part of that evening, which continues into our new, we had dinner at uh, Tusker yeah. House, and I will say, I guess I had heard slash read slash been told it's sort of like Boma in the park. By me? Yeah, I'm gonna completely disagree with you. Mm-hmm. Only in the sense that I love Boma. Mm-hmm. I think the variety, the freshness, the uh, you know, the, the everything about it, the setup is just one of my favorite, if not my favorite, buffets. I found Tusker House to be a little bit more limiting, a little bit less interesting, mm. uh, a little bit less often refreshed. Mm. I mean, I, it's very rare at a Disney buffet you see an empty tray. Yeah. And we saw several. That's well, I don't say several. We saw two or three, I will say. Okay. Uh, this one, again, it, I, it may have been an off night. We may have been there on the early side, and they just weren't turning it over as quickly as expected. I don't know. But uh, we were there uh, maybe an hour and 20 minutes in the last 25, we're just kind of waiting for yeah, the rest of the. That's disappointing. Like, I'm, I'm, I, I feel personally um, responsible <laughs> for this uh, because I definitely talked up Tusker House. Although I will say, I did say lunch. Yeah, and uh, I'll give you that. So maybe that's what we need to try. Um, I've done breakfast there, and breakfast has been very successful. Yeah. Um, you know, take take away my Disney podcaster card. I did not realize there were characters at dinner. <laughs> uh, and there were, so that was a bright, that was a bright surprise. My son was really happy with yes. that. But that's what created the frustration at the end was we were waiting. I think it was for Mickey to cycle through, and you know we got Goofy twice and Daisy twice before Mickey made it once. So yeah, maybe maybe that was just an off day because I, mean, I, I think it was. I can I, I tell you. I mean, we like, yeah, we went for lunch. It was maybe an hour and a half that we were there. We saw the characters twice, but they were very much um, on on schedule, quote unquote. Um, you know, we we didn't see anybody more often than than not. Um, they refreshed the food. God, I think I, I think there was a woman waiting to take like the green beans away from me so that she could put the new <laughs> green beans out. Yeah, like it, it was that level of replenishment. So I, 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 I am sorry that you had that. You know, let some time pass and maybe try it again. You know, well, and that's the in thing. a couple if I'm of years. Ever gonna, <laughs> if I ever want to give you a dining review, a sort of a full dining review, I'm going to have to go to a place more than once sure. before. I'll- before I'll call it the way it is sure, type thing. Yeah. I like you know, last episode I talked a little bit about Blue Zoo. I could give you a dining review on Blue Zoo. I've been there at least half a dozen times, yeah. if not more. You know, this was my first experience at dinner. It didn't go well. It doesn't mean I won't try it again, um, but it might not be too high on my I want to get back there. Yeah, time. I mean that's kind of how I you know, and that's that's how I am with Sunshine Seasons. That's how I am with uh, going to Raglan Road. I go there basically every trip. Um, so, you know, I know what to expect, um, and, and I've never been really let down. I can also tell you I'd only been to Tusker House once. <laughs> yeah. So maybe my great service was not indicative of how it is. But again, lunchtime, and it w- and they had, similarly, they had just opened for lunch. Yeah. So, you know, it was like, I think we had like an 1130 ADR. Um, so, you know, maybe that factored into it as well, because lunch is really a lot more concentrated, whereas dinner... They open up and then they kind of linger. <laughs> yeah, I think we got there. We I think we got there at five for like a five twenty-five yeah. reservation. Something. It may have been a little before five. Yeah. So we, we did go have a cocktail at the Dawa Bar, yeah. which was that was the highlight of the meal. All right. Well, um, well, Dawa Bar is good stuff. It is good stuff. You know, so. the Dawa Bar is down in Africa. 
<laughs> Someone should make a song. Somebody should make a song. Hashtag Drunk at Disney 3 o'clock radio podcast. And if you want to ask me more about that, check me out on Twitter, at YoPaulieNJ. And I warn you, just, yeah. I just warn you. <laughs> All good things. All good things. <laughs> Dead, well, this is the good stuff of Disney. We are the good stuff. And the good stuff of my new evening and nighttime at the Animal Kingdom yes. was... The evening slash nighttime safari. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. It. If I can speak, yes, it, it was fantastic. Uh, the, you know, the animals were out and about. The lions were, were on the prowl. Um, it was it was wonderful. You know, sometimes you miss some of the animals when you're on your two week safari that lasts about twenty five minutes. <laughs> yes. And sometimes you get to see everything, and this was one of those see everything experiences. So. And I believe the nighttime safaris. If if uh, my Twitter feed is to be believed, and again, I get a lot of my information from people that do go on. Nearly a daily basis, um, either from cast members. Thank you for your for your hard work, uh, but also people that just live locally. At night, those animals are a little bit more active, including the lions and roaring. Did you catch any yes. of that? We did. We did. That's the, uh, awesome. We had some some nice photos taken with the lions actually up and moving. Yeah, not just hanging <laughs> um, out on that cold rock. Yeah, or just you know, sort of in an awkward, mostly hidden position <laughs> right. where you can't really get a good photo. I can see a leg. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, there's some you know mane sticking up. But That's wait. a bush. Yeah. No, it's mane. <laughs> so yeah, I really like the nighttime safari. You know, I don't know if anything else in the nighttime experience is going to alter that. I didn't find the safari itself to be different, hmm. other than the animals being more active. Okay. You know, so you know, the safari is pared back a lot on the narration. Yes. Um, from, from the old days, uh, you know, the, the story of the poachers is really gone at this point. Um, but they do kind of do the narration, and I kind of thought this was very similar. So I don't know if, if even later into the evening it changes. You know, We weren't there in a pitch black time taking the safari. It was more early dusk. Safari after dark. Exactly. Um, you know, speaking of narration, something old that we did for the first time in probably over 10 years was Cali River Rapids. And I don't know the last time you've been on that. I mean, you've last trip, uh, to tell you the truth, um, Cali is one okay. of those things that we tend to ride almost every time. Um, okay, so for, <laughs> for me, it's one we haven't ridden because I never wanted to get a fast pass for it. Right. And I did, I did not want to wait an hour and a half for a minute right. and a half. Right. We, we get um, one, of our, one of the things we do is we, well, again, this was when there were paper fast passes. <laughs> um, but we would, get, we would get a paper fast pass for Cali and then we would eat at the outs, outside Yak and Yeti. Which is right next door, right? So, and then we would go ride and get wet, and then we go ride Everest and dry off. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's again, it's something we hadn't ridden in a while, and then you know, in the last six years, having a child developing, he wasn't quite big enough to do it. So we decided to grab the fast pass for it, and I'll put it this way: the last time I was on it, I seem to recall some level of storytelling. No, you know, the burn. <laughs> oh, the, well, no, like the the burning. Yeah. Rain and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's all in yeah, the queue on. now. Exactly, I'll go on. <laughs> yeah. It was not a, no longer a preachy ride. No. Um, I also remember, I think it's 12 people in a raft, and there was that one in six chance that you were in the two seats that got absolutely drenched. So they used to have buckets in front of you to actually hold your stuff. Um, yep. Maybe I made that part up because the buckets don't exist anymore uh. that we saw. And there's still a one in six chance you're going to get completely drenched. Well, in. can I tell you Congratulations that... Congratulations to my wife and mother-in-law for taking the brunt of Nice. <laughs> can I tell you that um, when we do ride um, that raft or any other raft ride, I 
purposefully will not sit next to my father because the two of us generate enough mass to create gravity and that gravity will pull the raft down the hill so that we are the ones that get the wave off the side. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we try and sit... My brother-in-law creates gravity. Uh, no, we, we both do. <laughs> you know, we're just, we're, the two of us together are just very attractive. Gosh. <laughs> These are the jokes, folks. You electron you. Oh, nice. Well, electrons are kind of like electronics, which is like technology, which is borrowed on the Tree of Life. Wow! From the, from the castle show. Yes. Magic. So, when it comes to nighttime spectacular going on at the Animal Kingdom, uh, the safari, thumbs up. That's awesome. The Tree of Life coming to life. I'm going to still give it thumbs up. Okay. Although, you know, to me, there wasn't a lot sort of new there. It was, you know, it's very much the castle show, but on the tree. I see, yeah, I mean, I, I see that more as, you know, like, they, they developed the technology. Definitely the castle show, it, it, it was something they think, I think they started in Paris um, with the projections on the castle um, to make kind of a nighttime spectacular. Um, they definitely used the projections in Disneyland. Um, and, and I think it's one of those things that when they put it on the tree of life, I, th- I think it's one of those things that just made sense because of the way that the Tree of Life has those sculpted animals to use the projections to bring those animals to life. Yeah. It, it, Without being well sponsored done. by GE. <laughs> I think it's well done, and it, it's um, it's a natural fit. It's almost like a, now that they did it, why didn't they do this? Right! It just seems like it's it should like, have been Why did you start at the castle? You could have started with this at the tree. Yeah, exactly. So I think... It, Kind of like riding Soren, new Soren. Uh, you can't relive that experience of the first time that technology comes to life for you. There is no time like the first time. You know, so it's it's the same thing here for me. It's it's uh, you know, I saw the castle show and it was awesome mm-hmm. to see. And then, then they refined it and revised mm-hmm. it and it got better. Mm-hmm. So there's almost a, a setup for a letdown when you come over and see it on the tree. Sure. And I just didn't I didn't go in with it with that mentality. So I really enjoyed no, it. but it might, it might be one of those things too that it goes back to if you see the tree show first. Now that both exactly. are running, you, yeah, might, exactly. you might see the castle show and go, oh, look, it's the same thing. Exactly. No, I think that's true. Yep. And when you go to see your nighttime spectacular show at the Animal Kingdom... Mm-hmm. That is the park I, we're talking about. I, I might say, watch the tree and leave. Ah, because... Because Rivers of Light is not functional. No, not. And, um, you know, I like to talk about the good stuff yes. and... You know, I like to go in with my pixie dust mm-hmm. imbibed and ready to go. Yep. And boy, I know the Jungle Book is set in India yep. and it has some ties there, but the mix of Bollywood mm-hmm. with Jungle Book with bad water screens mm-hmm. and yeah, it just didn't hold my You mean Mowgli so. didn't enter Man's Village doing a dance <laughs> number with uh, 52,000 people wearing the same outfit coming out, welcoming him, <laughs> throwing lotus blossoms on him, and uh, might- no? That might have been a better show. Oh. Um, you know, I will admit I did not see the new movie. I haven't I, either. In full, in full disclosure. Admit, I will openly admit I believe they're just trying to promote the new movie. Yes. When uh, I think Jungle well, Book... Let's, uh, still- let's back up on that point a bit because I think it's out of theaters right now. Yeah, well, that's a good point too. Well, But it will be soon released on DVD. <laughs> yes. Through your Disney Movie Rewards mm. account. Um, you know, I just... I would have... Maybe I didn't stay long enough. Would have appreciated a mix of the cartoon with the live action. Yeah, see, maybe uh, a mix of the, the old classic music that we're so used to hearing. Right, but again, I, I'm going to go back to Disney Twitter's not real people. 
Um, if, <laughs> if, if you are of a certain age in the general population, would you have even seen the original Jungle Book? Don't know. Film? I can't even say book because it's not written by Disney. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, but my father-in-law has a first edition. That's fantastic. Um, yeah. You know, so, um, so so reading the Rudyard Kipling book, which is neat, seeing the original nineteen, I want to say sixty animated feature. Um, sixty seven. Oh boy, am I off? Um, you know, it's it, in the sixties. Yeah, <laughs> I had three of the four date numbers correct. Um, <laughs> well, you only have to change one, and you can win a car. There you go. Mm-hmm. No big bucks, no whammies. The uh, I think with this one, they really wanted to tie it to the current property. I think that I mean, from judging from the popularity of the film, enough people saw it. I think they really wanted to stay away from mixing in the old Jungle Book because really, there isn't any place you can get old Jungle Book um, other than some of the walk around characters. And I've actually heard in line, including my own daughter, who has seen the old animated film Jungle Book, say, who's that bear? <laughs> so I think there, I, I think it's one of those things, I agree with you, um, you know, as a fan of that you know, traditionally animated film, I would love to see old Shere Khan, old Baloo, old Ka, but yeah. I... I it's a tough well, tie-in if there's nowhere else they can go to even get things from that film. That's true. Well, here's what I'll tell you. We fast-passed it. I'm glad we did, yeah. because when they loaded up the fast-pass selected people yeah. into the theater, yeah. it was almost full. Mm. And by the time they let everybody else in, it was packed. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people are seeing this show. Um, I will also admit, I didn't see the whole thing. We actually literally got up and walked out sure. in the middle of it. It just, again, it didn't hold my you attention. You missed the grand finale of more of the same. Yeah, my, my son got antsy and said, you know what, this isn't worth yeah. staying You're on vacation, there's no reason I, to stick things out. You're not getting paid. It's not a job. I don't know what the right term is. I'm generally a pixie duster. You know, I, I'm a glass half full, let's see it for the bright side of Disney. I, I can't spin this one for you, I just didn't like That's it. That's fine. You know? And, uh, well, one more thing. Can you describe um, the seating area? Because I've only seen it in pictures. What were your thoughts of the actual forgetting forgetting the actual show? If you were to just talk about um, how easy is it to get in and out, how comfortable were the seats, um, size, scope, could you see everything? You know that kind of thing. Can you describe the ruckus? It was um, <laughs> hugga nugga. No, that was not hugga nugga. Um, <laughs> that's, that's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I expected fantas- more from a varsity letterman. <laughs> yeah. uh, I will describe the the theater as phantasmic-ish. Okay. Um, it's bench seating. It's not particularly comfortable. I didn't particularly appreciate the rowdy guy with the somewhat potty mouth sitting behind me when there's a theater full of children. Your results may vary. Yes, absolutely. But send all com- comments to at drunk at Disney because I'm pretty yeah, sure they- that was him. <laughs> they had uh, two sort of dock-ish standing areas um, where cast members were trying to lead the crowd in chants okay. and excitement. Uh, I think they worked hard at what they were doing. And I believe the wave. The wave was part of it. I don't understand the overall anti-sentiment of the wave. It's a <laughs> popular crowdsourced <laughs> level of activity that gets people to stand up. Um, so it is what it is. Uh, they told jokes. They tried to do trivia. Um... 
the seats are not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of my disdain was that I was there at 8.15, 8.20. For a 9 o'clock show. Yeah. With Fast so, Pass. With Fast Pass, yeah. 40, and we didn't have particularly good seats because the theater was already well full by the time we got there. Um, so hot, sweaty, packed in, uncomfortable seating for a show that didn't grab my attention for a movie I didn't see was probably a lot of the elements that led to it. Um, I think it'll work well when it's Rivers of Light. I think they're trying to develop a lot of seating around the water area so they can get as many people in there as possible. It's been a while since I've seen Fantasmic, um, so shooting from memory, I would say this doesn't hold as many people as Fantasmic does. Um, But it helps quite a few. Good. So uh, it, it will hopefully work better in the future. Okay. That? So that's that's kind of the highlights of Animal Kingdom. You know, we we did the rest of it. We did Dinosaur Run. Sure. We um we won games at the Chester and Hester's Play Fairground. Dino Rama. <laughs> uh, yeah, there you go. I saw a segment on the Today Show uh, recently about the scam that is most traveling uh, circus shows, mm-hmm. or, or you know those those sort of carnival shows I should call yep, them. Yep, yep. Um, so it's interesting to see the Disney versions of them. Um, but if you sit down at any of them and there's more than two people, they guarantee a winner in every show yes. or every ride. Yep. So we got there early enough because I knew my son. It, put it this way. It was better for me to buy a $10 cheap dinosaur toy yes. to pit him against seven other kids and have him walk away. Yes. So we, generally speaking, had the two of us doing a, a an attraction together. Um, as most fairs and carnivals do, they scale up. So it's like $5 for a ticket or... Three for ten or eight for you know I don't remember the exact dollars you have to look that stuff up but um, you know I bought a handful of them so for thirty bucks he got four souvenirs to take home it's not the worst thing in the world as it comes to souvenir prices and he got to play the game so the one that you don't guarantee a winner on is the basketball shot right well yeah that makes sense because that's a one on one kind of exactly yeah. so he was frustrated with that one that he did not win a side prize. note and going back to our last episode on the boardwalk my wife won not one but two small basketballs doing a basketball shot on the boardwalk. Awesome. Yeah. They were both Duke. Huh. Not a, well, not a, that that kind of deadened it a bit. Well, put them up on eBay. Mm. So, um, you know, it's it's an area that's not often visited and is often criticized. Yes. But we had a lot of fun. We spent, you know, 40 minutes in that general vicinity, touring around, seeing the Airstream food cart and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it is what it is, and it's fun for what it's supposed to be. Great. All right, well, let's go to, uh, we talked about something old, talk about something new. Let's talk about something borrowed and go over to Disney's Hollywood Studios. And by borrowed, I mean the theme itself is borrowed from the then in development, but rushed and beat to the punch by Michael Eisner, chairman of the Walt Disney Company, Universal Studios, Florida. Um, So, yes, something borrowed. What was your experience over at the studios? Yeah, so the studios... uh is among my four favorite theme parks that Walt Disney World. <laughs> yes. Ex- excluding the springs and the water parks. Nice. <laughs> um, the studios is in a state of transition, which is no shocking or breaking news. No. So most people will probably be blue to see the amount of construction walls that are up. There is, you know, paths to nowhere now as you get back behind Mama Melrose, where that all used to circle around. It's very blocked off. Um, you know, the development of Toy Story Land is very much in progress. The Star Wars Land is very much being cleared. So you take the studios for what it is, which is five pretty popular rides, right. uh, a couple of shows, yes. and a whole lot of Star Wars. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Well, I got a six-year-old who loves Star Wars, so, so we had a so blast how un- at the yeah, studios. How unpopular was that park for your son? <laughs> we he loved it. Yeah. I mean, if you asked him, you know, some of his favorite experiences were the Star Wars-related stuff that's in the studios, which is very much new. And I have a feeling, so, again, general population versus Disney Twitter. It is fantastically well received to have all of that Star Wars stuff to do. Right, and you know, because you don't know what you are missing, meaning what's already been closed. Yes, and I, and I do have to tell you, I, action. Yeah, I am trying to turn over a new leaf with regard to Disney fandom. And when someone does appreciate something that exists, I am not going to be the person that tells them, yeah, well, you should have been there back in blank when blank was there. No, I'm not right. going to do that. That doesn't help anything. All it does is make someone else feel bad because I had an experience that was cool. Right, and you know, when my son first saw his cousins back up here, the first thing he was talking about was trading with a Jawa yes! and meeting, meeting Chewbacca. Yes. <laughs> so you know, there's some really good Star Wars stuff going on right now. We we did the uh, Disney Visa meet and greet, and it was Kylo Ren. So that was pretty cool. And Sounds strangely French. Yeah, he. Uh, Welcome he spoke- to Kylo Ren. <laughs> yeah, but he he was speaking to my son, which yeah. was at the same time creepy and scary and also really cool. You need a teacher. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, those things are enhanced and different than what they used to be. But yeah, if I wanted to sit there and complain about not seeing the Golden Girls house, I could be my curmudgeoned Disney Twitter self. Mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. uh, so there's a lot of new Star Wars stuff going on. The The stage show was really cool. The march of the, uh, the Stormtroopers was pretty awesome. Yeah, led by Captain Phasma, right? Yes. Fantastic. Uh, so, you know, that's another character. You don't. I, we did not see a place where we could actually meet and greet with her. Mm, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't think I've seen that either. Is there audio yeah. that goes along with that? Like, does she yes. bark orders and stuff, or is it just... Yeah, she, no, she does, yeah. And, um, you know, it's not it's not particularly interactive with the crowd, but it no. is designed wow. to be for the crowd and in front of the crowd. She's leading a troop of troopers in parade formation. You don't interact with the crowd, and if they did, no, you but would they not march- like it. <laughs> but they march through the crowd, yes. which is really cool. <laughs> yes, that's um, You know, they to try to enhance some of your experience at the studios, they borrowed the idea of food booths. And so there's some new dining slash quick service options around Echo Lake, which is kind of cool. Um, we went with the sliders booth, so we had some chicken and brisket sliders. Those were two separate sliders, not on the same roll. <laughs> and That uh, would be awkward. That would be awkward, but, you know, all in all... You know, I will say the buttery roll of the chicken oh, would have been nice. En- would have been enhanced if they added a little bacon on that slider. Oh, now, but- now you're getting deep. <laughs> but you know, it was just good because a lot of people are very critical of the dining options at the studios. Um, I'm one of them. I if I if someone said prior to this trip, what's the best quick service you should get at the studios? I'd say get on a boat and go to Epcot. <laughs> so um, the fact that there were some options there that I thought were actually really well done and, and pretty tasty, mm. I thought was, was a good ad, you know, and something borrowed from Food and Wine Festival or Flower and Garden, but a, a well done. Doesn't option. matter. It's done well. You know, it's one of those things that I think there's no there's no such thing as too much of a good thing. Right, and uh, you know, one good thing we had was a son that was willing to try Tower of Terror. That's fantastic. Yeah, you talked so, about Space Mountain. Yeah, this was another one of his first time attractions. So much so that we got him the T-shirt, uh, and it was fun. It was he was scared out of his mind, and I don't think it's going to be on his repeat, repeat list. Um, but I was proud of him for giving it a go. That's great. It's something. It's something that we just hadn't done in years, so it was cool to get back on it. Um, but you know, with all maturing things and new develops comes the sunset of other things and so 
something that my, I'm afraid my son has gotten too old for is Hollywood and Vine. Mm. We, we did not have an ADR, but we just walked up, and it's not a very hard buffet to get into. And I think people have been very critical of the food there in the past. I did a dinner there a couple trips ago. I thought it was, you know, passable. Uh, based on this trip's experience, it was better than Tusker House. Mm. <laughs> you know, I know my father-in-law enjoyed the salmon there, but we, we have typically been a breakfast goer. Same. Yeah, the, the three times we've done Hollywood and Vine have all been breakfast. Yeah, because my son has always enjoyed meeting the characters. And not to say he didn't get excited about Wait, did you say your son enjoys eating the characters? Yes, he likes to eat the characters. Wow. He likes to meet the characters. Ah. And, um, you know, because it's not a very well-attended buffet, we got each of the characters at least twice in a probably 45 to 50 minutes. And because it's a buffet, it's a little easier to kind of judge when to get up and when not to and, you know, kind of that kind of thing. Now, the thing that was missing for us this time versus prior meals there, they no longer do the sort of dance and play part. Um, if you remember, like, yeah, the yeah. and the stop and dance and the, the characters' music and playing their songs and stuff like that, that's all gone now, which I think is kind of disappointing. The I asked the cast member about it. She said it just got to the point where it was a little bit too intrusive for the characters, and there were times where you know the, the kids would not be waiting at their tables for the meet and greet. They wanted to do pictures and autograph books during the dance numbers, which got awkward to have to say no to families. So um, whether that's true or not, you know, it's one cast member's tale. It, it sounds reasonable to me. Yeah, I mean, that, that, it, that is entirely possible. I can tell you that um, on the two occasions where we went and my daughter was a little older, she commandeered that entire segment. Um, so, and it, and it was like to the point where, okay, stop going out, stop being the one in front, stop, yeah. you know, and then I'm sitting there going, well, I wonder where she gets that from. <laughs> um, you know, uh, to me, it was, uh, it was still a great buffet. Uh, well, great might be strong. It was a really good buffet. <laughs> um, I, th- you know, they, they murdered egg whites there for some reason, so mm. I didn't eat them, but you know, everything else, they, they have that like cheesy potato casserole that everybody goes Oh my God. Over. Yes. I like the corned beef hash with the cornbread topping, so that's a, a staple on their buffet. Um, you know, all in all, it's a pretty typical Disney breakfast buffet with a couple of unique items. They have a bread pudding out at breakfast, which I always find kind of odd, and yet somehow it ends up on my plate. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, you know, of, of the four theme parks, it probably was the second least frequented to us after Animal Kingdom being the least frequented. Right. Um, and again, it, it was a nice walk down there. It uh, It's a nice time while we're there. And I, you know, I challenge anyone who is willing to do everything a Disney theme park offers to get out of any of them in less than a day, having done everything. So I'm not going to disparage the Hollywood Studios and call it a half-day park or a quarter-day park like others might. Um, but it's certainly missing some elements because of the amount of construction walls that are up. Right. Yeah, and that makes sense. So that was sort of our highlights there. You know, it's it's definitely. We loved seeing the new Star Wars stuff, and we loved writing our old favorites. And we got to do the Western scene instead of the gangster scene. Ah, that, I haven't done the Western scene in years. Yeah, I was really excited. We, um, we, uh, oh, another thing that was there. Um, so we, we uh, did not have the fast pass, so we were in a little bit of a queue, which was nice to see that the the great movie ride is getting a queue back again. Um, we were probably we weren't in line much more than 10, 15 minutes though. Well, it gives you an opportunity to take a look at the props in the queue. Yeah, they're worth seeing, and, and I noticed us getting moved to the right-hand side as we were loading, which put us in the mm, front car, yeah. which put us in the western yeah. scene, which is awesome, because when that ride is not being well attended, they use less cars, and they tend to only run with the back, ride, yeah. back car. Yep. 
which puts you in the gangster scene every time. That's interesting. All right, yeah, so, so uh, uh, yeah, so we've so, talked about yeah. new, old, borrowed, and now uh, something blue, and that would be Epcot, because that is definitely, um, <laughs> as you so eloquently put it, is one of the four major theme parks at Walt Disney World. Yes, it is. It's one of my four favorite, along with the other three. Yeah, and, um, and like I said, I wasn't going to do. Um, a lot of people love Epcot for its current offerings. I visited Epcot the year after it opened. Uh, I visited Epcot in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, um, and I'm not going to tell you how great it was. I will just advise you to check out YouTube. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it's the park that is need to start its transition, yeah. but is attended well enough because of some of these special ads that they bring to Agreed. it. That it's been the most neglected for those transitions. Well, and, so. and and what's funny too is that you know the part that I liked least as a kid is the part really that is the strength of the park, and that's World Showcase now. Yeah, and I think that holds for most children. Although something new is all of the frozen stuff. Yes. In Norway. Um, you know the ham sandwich is still there in the bakery if you're looking for a lousy bread. School lunch. bread. Um, no, uh, noted to my mother-in-law. We did a an eat around the world and. and the first place we we had grabbed margaritas in Mexico, and then the first place we stopped to peek for food was Norway. She immediately buys a ham sandwich, yeah. which you know, it, there's so many better offerings yeah. as you're continuing around. Man, she'd been so, she'd been better off getting a lefse school bread, getting yeah. Um, and I did get a lefse while we were there, and uh, it's still a delicious treat. It is. Um, that wasn't that wasn't this trip; it was a prior trip. But it's still every time I go into Kringle, that that is what I look for. And I actually tweeted out a picture of the ham sandwich. Yeah. Um, you know. Frozen Forever After has its issues. It's not surprising. It's a brand new ride. Those who don't want to remember it, Maelstrom had its issues. It was a ride yes. that broke down frequently. And I think it didn't make as much noise because not as many people were trying to ride it. Yeah, we, we saw standby waits of 180 minutes. And again, it was within the first month of operation that you right. that you saw this. So, so take that with... Had, yeah. <laughs> yeah, had constant breakdowns of the ride. You know, Every day we were in Epcot, we would check the... Um, the t- wait times on the app, which are actually pretty accurate to what's posted outside the rides. That's great. And quite often, it would say temporarily closed. Um, Who's that talking in the back? It's cutting out a little background noise. Here. Um, <laughs> Don't call her background noise. <laughs> yeah, it was like, Don't call him background the, noise. <laughs> it was the two of them, actually. Um, so, you know, it's a new ride based on the exact same track of an old ride that used to break down a lot. So it breaks down a lot. And there was a lot of frustration. And it it made me chuckle because they would often have a SWAT team of eight cast members standing shoulder to shoulder yeah. in front of a human line. With yeah, having to give the disappointing information that the ride is currently not up. We had four days of fast passes for Frozen. One of them we dumped because we decided to change which park we wanted to do. Sure. The first one, we ended up having to come back at a different time. What they do, if people aren't aware, so if you have a FastPass Plus for any attraction that breaks down, and this happened to us with Splash Mountain too, they will immediately through the system reissue you a any ride anywhere, basically FastPass, and it's not literally any ride. Um, They'll give you a list of rides that it's good for, but in Epcot, when Frozen's FastPass breaks down, you can then go use it at Test Track or Soarin' or Spaceship Earth or you know whatever else has a fast pass eligible for it. Right. Um, we had this happen with Splash, and it gave us a list of attractions we could use. Not on that list was Haunted Mansion, and they let us use it there anyway. Oh, okay. So, so it, uh, it, again, it never. It's not. You're not going to say it's going to work, but it never hurts to ask. 
never hurts to ask. Yeah. So the one time that the um, the ride didn't work, it never came back up. So we ended up using it for Soren. Right. The other two times we had a fast pass for it, both times the ride was down when it was in our fast pass window. Oh. Uh, one of them we went back at night and rode it, and it was fine. The second time it came back up within our what would have been our hour anyway. Right. Um, we actually ended up rope dropping Lakava uh, one day, yeah. so <laughs> we did that. We rode um, we rode the uh, three caballeros ride there. Okay, uh, yeah. I just want to call it real Grand Fiesta Tour. Tour. I Grand know it's, Tour. it's real. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then after that, you know, our window was eleven thirty to twelve thirty. So after we did both of those, it was probably you know at the end of twelve thirty. Mm-hmm. The ride the ride was back online, and we rode it right away. So you know, I don't want to do any spoilers of the ride. Uh, if you liked the track that Maelstrom drove, you'll probably like the track <laughs> that this track drives on. <laughs> uh, if you find irony in the cold never bothered me anyway, while you're peeking out what used to be the window where it gets really hot in the ride, yep. you'll like this ride. Nice. <laughs> um, it's very beautiful. It's very well done. It's not any more of a thrilling attraction than it used to be on that track. No. So yeah. uh, go in with the proper expectations. And I think, you know, unless you're a bitter frozen enemy, you'll probably like it. Yeah, and, and the um, other thing, too, just to add, um, you know, it, it is the same. It, it's roughly the same, exactly the same as um, Maelstrom was. Somebody actually on YouTube did a side-by-side comparison ride-through. Um, I will say that adding to the um, likelihood of being down because of the nature of the animatronics, because of the nature of the screens that are used on the ride, all of those things need to be working in conjunction. If they're not working, they shut the ride down. So think right, about literally that. the one change is you they you know they blew away the um the old like uh, village area yes. and that is now the entrance. Yes. So shy of that, you're right. Then it catches up to the actual track that Maelstrom was on, but it's it is literally the same area otherwise. Um, right next door is the Anna and Elsa meet and greet. I saw that queue up as long as like 60 minutes, so it's not like the berserkness used to be when they lived in Magic Kingdom. Right. Uh, when we went to in go in and meet her, it was posted five minute wait, and we waited about ten. Oh, that's not bad. Or I shouldn't say her, both of them. Them. Um, they they meet separately, but side by side, if you can picture. Yeah. That. So yeah, it was it was good. My son is really into the meet and greets, so we did a lot of character meet and greets. We got to meet Max over at uh, in, Goofy's uh, son, Hollywood, Max Hollywood Studios. Yeah. Or over Ariel's Hi- dog, Max. No, 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 Goofy's son. So um, there's two meet and greets that generally take place near the area of the Great Movie Ride. Uh, at times they were out there, and it was Lilo and Stitch, and other times it was Goofy and Max. And, uh, you know, they will not guarantee you when you get in line, the person you see meeting will be the exact same person when you get up there. So, um, unlike this, which is a dedicated meet and greet for Anna and Elsa. So, right. yeah, anyway, we, we did a lot of the meet and greets around property. Um, you know, something old, well, Epcot's old. <laughs> you know, uh, pretty much everything we did was not anything new. <laughs> right. Um, you know, uh, we did one of the Perry uh, games again. Uh, we had never done the Germany one, so that was uh, you know a, an old visit to an old game, just a new area for us. So that was cool. Um, we saw some old time cover bands playing <laughs> for the for the uh, summer series. Uh, oh God, who had, I don't remember the names of the band. Tina Turner and then the Bee Gees were the uh, the music they were covering. Hmm. 
I don't remember the names of the people who were actually doing the performance. Uh, but what was really neat, one of the musical performances we saw, we went to see the American Adventure on 4th of July. Very patriotic of us. Um, we got a copy of the Constitution as we walked into the ride, and we got a flag as we went to grab a bite to eat at the uh, little place next door. Um, the Voices of Liberty were singing on stage. That's awesome. Now, were they singing like Sister Christian, or what were they singing? No, no, no they were not a cover band. No. They were singing. They were singing patriotic tunes. <laughs> we heard them do the. They did the national anthem. They did "This Land Is Your Land." You know that kind of music. Just, I mean, it, it's. I don't want to be dramatic because it's you know, it is what it is. But they're amazingly powerful voices. Yep. They're fantastically trained performers. They really are. Um, they are worth the audience for you to sit down and watch even if you don't want to watch the whole set um, they deserve the attention to have you fill up that theater so that they continue to perform um, just incredible so something borrowed was uh, you know as we're visiting and exploring the Mexico Pavilion I'm sure people mm-hmm. know this or, or you may know this already but they borrowed back the three caballeros animatronics yes! from the, old, the old Mickey Mouse yes! review and put them into the uh, El Rio del Tiempo ride sort of towards the end so Spoiler alert! Apologize if I should have said that ahead. What? Um, no. <laughs> I think it. I think it's been there long enough. I'm not spoiling it for anyone. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool to see in person. Uh, you know, I, I appreciate knowing that those are old animatronics. So when you see something like Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean, and you compare it to the movements of these sure. guys, you know, it, just the different uh, generations of the animatronics and how they use them. Right. But again, you know, it, it, you as a Uber Disney fan know that. Right. Ninety nine point. Three percent of the people riding that ride just say, "Hey, cool animatronic." They might even say right. that. Oh, look, robot birds. Yeah, they may not even know who the three caballeros are. Uh, yeah, but I'm, yeah. But I'm going to guess that you know our our listenership here is obviously either already an Uber Disney fan or well on. Well, way. I can tell you what they definitely are. They are definitely intelligent, delightful, and beautiful people. They certainly are. And. You know, I have to give you my blue of Epcot. The entire thing? No. Meeting Sadness. <gasps> I forgot that those were there. Yeah. Um, my wife is a counselor by trade and will declare that Inside Out is, if not the best done Pixar movie ever, certainly the most creative and the most clever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily disagree with her either. I absolutely love that film. It's really I good. It was, I think it was brilliant. It's really good. Um, and as part of that, you now have meet and greets with Joy and Sadness. Yes. And what's really cool is they meet together. Yes. It's not meet Joy, then go meet Sadness. No, they because literally... that would be such a downer. <laughs> yes, well, it's... <laughs> so, quick, quick funny story. So, we're in, and, you know... Okay, I don't want to be critical, because people can do with their meet and greets what they want. It is their time afforded with the characters. Yep. But I get a little bit antsy. It's your 45 it... seconds, it's your minute and a yeah. half, whatever it is, yeah. But it's when they do, okay, meet the oldest child, now meet the youngest child, now meet both children, now meet with the dad, now meet with the mom, not no. just the, not the dad, the mom, and one of the kids. And they do every iteration of their family of four. No. And then the family with them behind them is actually friends of them, so then they want a whole group photo together. Yeah. And But oh, then they're going to go back into line so that they can do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it drives me nuts. So, um, again, your time, do with it what you will. This was the one meet and greet where we made the exception. So my son likes to get up there, get the autographs. He had all his pictures taken. And then what we'll usually do if we want is the three of us will jump in together, one photo, and get out. Yep. Well, <laughs> not really thinking about the fact that this is joy and sadness. Yep. My, my wife loves joy. So we did all the photos with them, and then she, she just said, Joy, is it okay if I take a selfie with you? Well, instantly sadness started to cry. It was perfectly timed, perfectly themed. 
absolutely hysterical. <laughs> uh, really well done with the characters. That's awesome. So then she ran over and took a selfie with uh, with sadness as well. Um, but yeah, one of the better interactive meet and greets. Um, we also met Baymax in that same area. And, uh, you know, Baymax is cool. Baymax can't sign. He's not uh, programmed for that. Um, but you can get some pictures with him, and it's really neat. That's great. He'll give you awesome fist bumps. <laughs> so uh, that's sort of my tour around the four theme parks. Again, you know, did we do all the classics? Yes. Did we do some other stuff? Yes. A lot of what you'd expect in, in Disney theme park touring. But the last section I want to speak to, and I, I think you might uh, agree, Paulie, it's sort of old, new, borrowed, and blue. Yeah, this is the wild card. It's Disney Springs. Awesome. So I think we could do a recap of, you know, takes on Disney Springs as a separate topic altogether. Probably. It is that big. It is that big. I mean, when you figure they went from 75 storefronts to 150, yeah. they just doubled that much. So something old. Well, not only that, but it's not all on top of each other. I mean, they actually yeah, have it's... walking areas and, you know, a different, oh, and... different, completely former parking lot. Yeah, and I, and I didn't appreciate this until I was down there and physically in the space. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's something old for me in there is the old section. Yep. And I appreciate those so much more now that the new section's developed. Interesting. And I know it sounds weird to say because, you know, generally you'd think, okay, the Lego area and all that stuff is just tired now. But the new area is its entire own walkway, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you used to think of it as Marketplace to Pleasure Island to Westside. Westside, yeah. Well, it's still Marketplace and Westside, but Pleasure Island is now more the Disney center area. It's the landing, I think, and something else. Uh, Town Town Center. They they basically run parallel to each other. So Town Center is kind of where all the parking lot used to be, where you the buses after Pleasure Island kind of area. And so you can get from from Marketplace to Westside going one or the other, or kind of bounce back between both. And the reason I'm not being critical of the new area. The new area is beautiful. Um, it's very well done. It's very high-end outdoor mall, well done, mm. with some throwback elements to being an old-time town center. Does that make sense? It's it's kind of hard to describe unless you visualize the space, right? And I, I don't want to sound like I didn't like it because I did, but it made me appreciate the whimsy, fun, and Disney aspect of the old stuff even more. I can understand that. Um, I think I texted you. Or I might have tweeted you. We were at the uh, the World of Coke, whatever the heck they're calling it. Uh, the yeah, th- this was a multi-media um, uh, yeah. reaction uh, in text and tweet. Because okay, I believe I, you wanted to stop being quite so negative on your Twitter feed. So started to <laughs> unleash on the text. All right. So we were there on opening day. Yes, um, which is always know, a good decision. It's a smart thing to do. Um... The, the Coke store is really cool from the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the space. I like the way they did it. And it has an indoor th- feel in the shopping area of, I'll call it outlet feel. Times Square. Of, it, you know, from all the pictures I've seen, it looks like the Times Square Coke store. It does. And I feel like the <laughs> Times Square store is a high-end outlet. Yeah, on it really is. Yeah. It's not a, a, a boutique boutique uh, feel right. on the interior, but it's also not um, warehouse department store feel right so i'll call it high-end outlet feel yep. um what's really weird is it's this is opening day of the store like literally it opened probably 90 minutes before we were there yep. and the elevators didn't work <laughs> so it had never been load tested <laughs> yeah exactly so if you're not taking the elevators they have what i'll describe as kind of a narrow entrapment on the exterior <laughs> of, the, of the store 
that ramps around up to level two and up to the roof of now, level three. Now, are you afraid of heights? No. If you were, would this bother you? Maybe. Okay. Because it is glass. Yeah, it's 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 visual exterior, it's brick wall, I think, interior, or some sort of solid wall interior, and that's kind of leads to that entrapment type feel. <laughs> and if you have a stroller or a wheelchair or a scooter going in one direction, it, it would not be wide enough, at least the way people were spacing on this day, and I think it would be true any day, uh, it would not be wide enough for one of those to pass in the other direction. <laughs> so I didn't feel like it was, especially for opening day traffic, I didn't think it was really set up to have the capacity to have everybody going up and down one set of ramps. So that made it a little bit claustrophobic. So, uh, in, in, if, if I can play devil's advocate, which I enjoy doing, um, it's probably not planning on being as busy as it was opening day. No, definitely. Ever. I agree. Ever. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if the fact is true. The statement I heard was that they were giving away free beverages on the they roof. They were. I, so I we saw got- several people get um, entire, like, and, and I'm not talking uh, Club Cool at Epcot taste size, like two, three ounces. I'm talking 30-ounce no. size free beverages. Okay. I saw tasting trays coming yep. out from up, up there. Yep. And th- there's like a, oh, it's not really a picnic area. There's a seating area upstairs, and it's open-air roof. Right. So it's, it was really cool up there. Nice vibe. We got up there. Uh, I did not want to wait in the drink line, which was starting to extend back down the ramp we had just come up. Right. Um, just wasn't worth it for, I'm not a big soda drinker to begin with, and I didn't really want to wait for free soda. Yeah. Um, I might go back there sometime when it's not crowded. You can get right to the counter and, and try some of the, it is Cokes around the world, but much more so than the stuff they offer at Club Club. Okay. Uh, more offerings and, and, like you said, bigger samples of them. And just earlier this week, they announced they will be now pairing them with alcoholic beverages. Great idea. Yep. And it's a little, it's a little bit more spendy than than I think you'd be like like want to pay for yeah. a Jack and Coke, for example. But right. um, they do have a set menu. Um, they do have pairings. Um, not not at this time are they going to be pairing it with stuff like um, some of those worldwide offerings. It's mostly to go with you know their their regular U.S. Um, uh, beverages right now. Uh, but of course, everything is subject to change. But I got to tell you for. As easy as it is now, from what I understand, to get to Disney Springs, if you just want to have a soda, an alcoholic beverage, and walk around and not have to go into a bar and try and figure out how to get it to go, that sounds like a pretty good option. Yeah, you'd have to go up the three le- three levels of ramp to get to the roof. Or take and, the know, elevator people, when it works. Or take the elevator if it's functional. Uh, people drinking on a rooftop, always a good plan. Always a good plan. <laughs> uh, I think the, hopefully the walls are high enough to hold everyone in. Um <laughs> Again, we didn't get to spend a lot of time up there. It was so crowded. Uh, but yeah, it, it's cool. The, you know, the stuff inside is, as you'd expect, very much Coke-themed product. Yeah. You know, I was looking for a for opening day souvenir, you know, a pin, something like that. The best I could find, they have Coke, basically like Christmas ornament Coke bottles. They come in Coke and Diet Coke's color scheme. They were 30 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Uh, n- I'm not as collecti- collectively driven to say I need to have World of Coke opening day Coke bottles at sixty bucks for a pair, so I put them back. Yeah, no, they, I'm not. I'm not getting that either. They were limited, numbered one to five hundred. So, you know, from that aspect, maybe they'll be interesting, collectible to someone someday. Not for me. Um, there's some new food offerings there. Uh, we went to a Joffrey's uh, smoothie stand. Mm-hmm. They had some pretty cool stuff. Uh, waited for a smoothie. I felt bad. It was a one man running the stand, so he had to take the orders and make the smoothies, and they uh, are fresh. They were to not like take time. 
yeah, they were not out of frozen dispensers like some places would be. Right. So I appreciate the freshness of the smoothie. Right. Uh, but yeah, there was a person in front of me and then another guy behind me in line that was ordering two. He was going to be waiting there a while. Yeah. Um, but the the part that made me blue was the poutine stand. Really? Um, yeah, I, I probably just went with the wrong one to try. I went with the Latin flavored one. Okay. It's a French word. Why would you yeah. get Latin? Because I didn't want to have gravy on French fries. I wanted pulled pork. I didn't know pulled pork was going to be laced completely in vinegar. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I, maybe I should have went back and said, hey, can you stir it? Because it was just not there oh, for me. Oh, that's not good. Uh, no, and it was really awkward. I was the first person. Well, at the time I got there, there was no one else in line. Let's put it that way. Um, so I ordered. Yes. Now, I'm picturing a high turnover rate on the French fries. Yep. So either A, fries are already fried, or at least par-fried, and they just have to warm them. Or B, the second someone steps up to the window, you probably drop a batch as soon as you hear them order poutine. Um, we got that and an ice water, and they had some alcoholic smoothie-type beverages. I think it was like a frozen sangria or something like that. Um, so the drinks came out right away. And then I stood there. And they said, okay, can you just stand off to the side? Okay, so I stood there. <laughs> Could you move? I saw because there were so many people behind right? me. Um, I saw them cutting mo- mozzarella because there's an Italian flavored one. This guy listen was like, to you, Northeast. Yeah, um, mozzarella. mozzarella. I didn't listen and say mozz. Um, or didn't so say it like like Jersey Italian mozzarella. Yeah. Mozzarella. Come on. It goes good with the gagouts. Oh, and the gabagool. <laughs> so the sad part is I know what you're talking. Yes. About. Um, <laughs> so this guy's just cutting up the mozzarella. I mean, I'm not exaggerating. Four or five minutes of him just cutting cheese. How <laughs> <laughs> much cheese is on there? It was a not a very big tray of cheese, and he just kept cutting it. I okay. could cut. He, I, well, I could cut a lot of cheese in five minutes. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we ate first. Um, maybe you had some poutine first, right? but I was going to wait forever for these fries. So he takes the tray of cheese, puts them back in the refrigerator. I appreciate the pre-planning. Then he goes over and opens the bag of fries to finally drop oh, my fries no. to cook. What? I what would, is this? What? And, and it, there was no one else in the booth but the guy who took the order and this guy, so it's not like he was waiting for the third person to do it. Was he playing Pokemon Go? <laughs> he must have wasn't launched at that point. No. So the uh, you know, a couple people came up behind me and they ordered stuff as well. So now we're all just waiting for this guy to make some fries. So yeah, they finally. Did, you know, and of all the gen- thing, I mean, it just not, ah, the yeah. project manager in me is is just cringing. Yeah, yeah a little rough there. So you know they um. You know, they finally made the fries, and they had the si- toppings ready to go. Like I said, maybe they should have stirred the pulled pork a little bit. <laughs> it just other people might have enjoyed it. My mother-in-law did. I gave her what I, you know, I, it was for all of us to sort of try. Right. Um, I gave it for her to try. She liked it well enough. Uh, I my palate was not in favor of it, so we ended up stucking most of it. Um, yeah. You know, but it's not to say don't try it. You may like your pulled pork that way. Maybe the sauce will be improved in the future. Yep. Um, but yeah, it, it, you, know, you win some, you lose some. You right. lost on that. So that made you blue. What? Uh, you I, blue. There is another thing. I'm just going to lead the witness a little bit, counselor. There is something else that's blue. Disney Springs. Objection. No, uh, overruled. Large Hollywood. No. Need to be redesigned. No. Think of the namesake of the place. Blue Man Group. No. <laughs> Wrong park. Don't go back to Blue Zoo. <laughs> blue Zoo. <laughs> Take a drink because Dean is trying to derail me. No. Disney Springs. Blue water? Yes. 
Blue Boathouse? Well, you can talk about that, but I, I'm specifically talking about the man-made springs. Blue aqua cars? Amphicars. Amphicars? Blue bridges over water when it was about to storm and we ran? Blue bridges of Madison County. That's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a luau with Bow Bridges. Bibbidi Bobbidi Blue got its own new Nice! <laughs> no, the springs. The actual water fountain? Yeah, the fountain! They're pretty. They're pretty. <laughs> so, I'm not sure what to go for here. I, I, I want to know your... Re- I mean, was it just something you walked by and went, meh, it's themed? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't. It's not like Fountain of Nations that draw me in with a water show and some music. Now see, you're more impressed by... <laughs> <laughs> You're more impressed by poured concrete and a pump than the man hours and woman hours in the thousands to paint with glass and make this thing shades of blue, natural Florida beauty, and you're like, meh. Meh. All right. It wasn't a patchouli, sorry. But what color is it? Blue. So it fits! It does fit. We're on topic. I'm glad the poutine wasn't blue. That would have been creepy. Oh, that's creepy. That is, oh, that, ugh. Yeah. Uh, you know, stretching for a borrowed downtown. Yeah. Uh, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo does have its own new building. That's interesting, because it was always kind of just slammed at the end of the Disney store. Yeah, I really world, never Sorry. The world of Disney, Disney, not the Disney one store. T- one of only two in the world. Yes. I didn't think it fit very well there, no. so I'm happy. It, I'm happy on twofold. One, it's a, we didn't go into it, um, but we did walk by it. It was a much more attractive building yeah. as a standalone. And two, the night that we were at Morimoto's for dinner, we had to literally run in downpouring rain over oh, in a world of Disney. Uh-huh. Uh, we wanted to do something to pass the time. We couldn't really stretch dinner any longer. Right. It's it one of those things, happened. okay, we can't get any more coffee. <laughs> yeah, and I didn't mind stretching because the, when we got there, it was not full. Okay. So, you know, I didn't feel like I was taking up a server's table, which I hate to do. Um, but once it was starting to fill up a bit, then we wanted to get out of that space to give them the table to turn yeah, over. Yeah, that makes sense. And it's not that long of a run to World of Disney, but we did literally run and got downpoured on. So I'm happy they borrowed the space of the old Bibbidi Bobbidi Boo to make interior bathrooms in that building. Um, because, you know, post dinner, child, he mm, needed a rest stop. Yeah. He needed a rest stop, and I was glad to not have to go outside the building to do it. Hey, surprise, they have a whole Star Wars space there. Hmm. I'm shocked. Yeah, I, I was too. <laughs> um, Disney Springs overall was a place that we would do multi-visits to. Neat. They have lots of lots of venues that I want to check out even more, along with ones we want to return to. I was sad that in 12 days of dining, I could not fit a return to Raglan Road, one of my favorite places I, I gotta tell you, that is our customary day arrival dinner. I mean, that's yeah. just what we do. We typically don't go to a park unless we're there for a really long stay, in which case adding on that, like, 10th day, the 11th day, is like $6 a ticket because we don't do annual passes. We do the length of stay. So it, it doesn't matter. So, you know, we'll typically arrive. We'll hang out at the pool. We'll check in, go to a theme park. But then it's over to downtown Disney, now Disney Springs, and Raglan Road. Raglan Road is just one of those things that we do. But to your point... From everything that you've told me, it seems like Disney Springs is outgrowing the thing you do on your first or last day. Yeah, I think Disney Springs is a... It still could be that for you if that's what you want to make sure. it. But there is nothing wrong with saying, you know what, this is a day I'm either A, want to get away from parks for a day, or B, maybe pairing it with a water park. 
uh, where you know maybe some people do rope drop to close water parks. I have no idea. I could not do a ten to eight or a nine to seven. As much as so, I like water parks, my limit's around five or six hours. Yeah, for us, a water park would probably be a Typhoon Lagoon nine to one. Mm-hmm. Get out for either a late lunch or an early dinner. Yep. And, and, and now see, we enjoy would, we enjoy lunching in, in because we love Lada Wada Lodge <laughs> at Typhoon Lagoon, um, and I just like saying it. Um, and but the, then, but the mini donuts. I, well, the mini donuts are are what you get as your afternoon snack, and then you just basically <laughs> float like Jabba the Hutt in the lazy river <laughs> because you don't want to walk, and it's hot. So you know, just yeah. So that that's typically our thing. You know, when we do water park, we'll 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 get there for rope drop. We'll get our spot. But then yeah, it it's it's really not more than five hours. Yeah, it's that's longer than we would last, and yeah, we've actually never done the meal in uh, in one of the water parks, so maybe that's something we should try. But that's where we would dovetail or uh, pair it with a uh, a trip to downtown Disney or now Disney Springs, where it might be uh, get there you know two three in the afternoon, grab either a snack or a dinner, whatever your plan is, and kind of stay for the night. So you could get a a full day of non traditional you know one of the four major theme parks by doing Disney Springs. Yeah. Alternatively, uh, there are places for breakfast, so you could sort of rope drop Disney Springs, if you will. Yep. Uh, grab yourself a breakfast there. Do some heavy shopping. We always like to get a, a big shopping day at World of Disney uh, where we can ship everything home so we don't actually have to bring it home. Yeah. Shop a nut. We do sort of like collect mentally, hey, I want one of those, I want one of those. Try to find it all there where you can avoid sales tax and instead just pay shipping. And then uh, and I have to carry it home with you. Yeah, and maybe that's something we get into in a future episode um, where, you know, we could talk about non-traditional... Uh, park days where you're not in a park, but what can you do to make you feel like you are? Right. So that was that. We had quite the adventure flight home. I'm not going to bag on Southwest. It was just mechanical and weather failure combined. Mm. Uh, but we held together and uh, you know got ourselves home in time uh, to actually celebrate our anniversary, which was the following day. And uh, yeah, now we're happy to share those memories with you guys. So. You know, I think, uh, again, as a non-local, you'll find me referencing this trip as we talk about other topics, but uh, I feel happy to have a nice long summer trip to baseline from, and I am already counting down to our next adventure in November. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Thanks for letting me. This has been The Good Stuff. Thank you for listening to Butter and Bacon. For personalized trip planning services and expertise, please contact Becca via email at becca at adventuresoutthertravel.com, on Twitter at AIOTTravel, or visit our website, adventuresoutthertravel.com, where you can get more information, read our blog, subscribe to our newsletter, and request a quote. Let them know Butter and Bacon sent you. You can follow Butter and Bacon on Twitter at Butter and Bacon, on Instagram as Butter and Bacon Podcast, and please contact us via email at butterandbaconpodcast at gmail.com. To get the good stuff delivered hot and fresh, please subscribe to Butter and Bacon in your podcast app of choice. Vicky.
Mickey's Very Merry Christmas which, Party. Which, which theme park were you right. in? Um, <laughs> were, yes. were you trying to learn secrets? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I see what you did there. See what I did there? Mickey's not so sc- oh Mickey's not so scary Christmas party. <laughs> That's the nightmare before Christmas. That's a crossover they need to do. Wow, so it's sort of there, right? I mean, they do that kind of at Disneyland a yeah. bit. Let's try this again. <laughs> um, that I don't think they necessarily wanted to bring up the old 1968 film <laughs> because <laughs> you no. Are you just picking another year in the 60s? Even though you told me it's 1967, I'm still going to ignore you. And well, here's what I'm going to go yes. with. Uh, it's the first movie that was released after Walt's yes, death. Yes, that I knew. So, and he died in 66. That I knew, so too. Go, so I don't know why I I'm going to go with confidence I don't, it was 67. I don't know why I said 1960, and I may edit all of this out, <laughs> because it doesn't matter. Um, much like the points on whose line is it anyway. You, you mean based on the 1894 book? Right. <laughs> nice. Yeah, like John Carter. Um, <laughs> Another successful Disney film. <laughs> live action. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, let, me, let me put it pause here so I can edit nicely. Um, <laughs> insert end stuff. This episode brought to you by Adventures of the Travel. Oh, yeah, we didn't do that in the normal yeah. flow of conversation. Right. You know what? That's... We can do it now, and I can fit it in. Where would it make sense? Uh, I want to hear your, part your of, thoughts. Part of the Disney animation, how it really differentiated itself in the 1930s, is um, adapting The Illusion of Life, which has been well-documented in a book by Frank Thomas and Ellie Johnston, which is two of uh, Walt Disney's original nine old men. What you don't know, maybe... Who are not dirty, by the way. No, they're not. Um, so you don't, you don't have to call them dirty old men. No, they're just old men and dead. So they're old dead men. Um, but what a lot of people... Frank Thomas made the Hall of Fame, didn't he? Not baseball. One of the things There's that... There's two Frank Thomas. Yes. Yes. He, he One started of, a burger chain, too. <laughs> okay. He named it after his daughter, Wendy. Trying to throw <laughs> Holly off his game, but not succeeding is a drinking game. So take a drink. <laughs> well, this... This isn't part of your show. So. No, it's not. Um, <laughs> Unless it is. Yeah, well, it could be. Um, I'll, I'll never know. Yeah. One of the things that a lot of people don't know is that the nine old men were not Disney's original animators. Um, there actually was a team of guys that came before the nine old men um, that kind of solidified Disney's principles of animation. Old, old school animation consisted of just a lot of gags, um, a lot of completely unrealistic motions where arms would turn into long rubber hoses. It's actually called rubber hose animation. And basically it was the animators could do whatever they felt the character could do. Um, You know, crawled, uh, for example, slinked down the staircase like the Grinch in How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the animated one, where he actually takes the form of stairs. Um, Things of that nature the Disney animators really tried to figure out a way to differentiate themselves in the market, so they adopted a much more realistic style. Um, if, if, for example, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, they tried to maintain the dwarf's height in relation to each other. There were a lot of notes back and forth. Doc's hand is too big in this scene. And they would really try and figure out things in perspective. They would really try and give it that illusion of life so that you would lose yourself, you would forget that you're watching something animated, and you would be completely captivated by what you're watching. 
fast forward to the current Disney XD where Mickey and pals can do anything they want. They have be- they've gone back to rubber hose. To me, they have kind of gone completely away from what has made Disney animation great. And now they're just like any other animation company doing, um, you know, exaggerated poses, doing anime style backgrounds. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not something that excites me. 